of the spirit this morning can you be broken in your heart and ask the Lord I am that instrument make me here am I make me as an instrument what of pride and prejudice shall see there is a tangibility of the presence of God here I don't know how to say it for you to believe me I can feel God literally I can feel God so powerful in this place. Is there a witness to that, that God is tangible in our presence this morning? Can you not allow him pass you by? Can you scream? 
like those blind men. Oh, son of David, do not pass me by this morning. Have mercy and make me unto your desire. My life is before you. My times are before you. My future is before you. Do not pass me by in this morning. Do not pass me by in this session. Oh, Holy Spirit, the maker of men, can you look upon my life and make me? For without you, I am nothing. Isaiah 41 verse 14 and 15 I don't have time I would have loved us to do from verse 10 can we do from verse 10 I'll read it and then I won't explain anything I'll just allow you to pray from verse 10 it says fear thou not for I am with thee. Can you open your Bible? Meanwhile, in every session of this retreat, don't fail to come with a Bible and a writing material. It's not just a writing material for you to copy notes, but a writing material for you to write the instructions of God concerning your destiny. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't just come with a writing material to write notes come with a writing material because God will be saying to you things. God will be telling you your destiny path. God will be giving you commandment. You write it down today, the 11th of May 2022. The Lord confirmed this grace and his hand upon my life that I will bear the gospel of the world to the nations of the earth. You will write that God has given me a pathway to fulfill in photographic. The Lord has given me a calling to enter into the media space. You will write it and then it will be your backing in the days of difficulty and in the days of challenges. In the days where it will look like that thing is not coming to pass, you will remind him and say, on the 11th of May, this is what you say. Can we do it verse by verse, please, media, as much as possible, help us. Fear thou not. This is, meanwhile, this is for someone here. So, as we are reading this, we'll read it, and then we'll just pray for yourself. A few minutes, and then we get into this teaching. Fear thou not. For I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Is there someone weak in the house that needs the strengthening of God? He said, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Verse 11. Behold, all they that are, were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. And they that strive with thee shall perish. Verse 12. Thou shalt seek them and shalt not find them. Even them that contended with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing. And as a thing of naught. Verse 13. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Verse 14. 
he said fear not thou warm Jacob and ye men of Israel I will help thee saith the Lord and thy redeemer the holy one of Israel how many of you have seen a worm before have you seen a worm before one of the things you notice about a worm is that it does not have shape it is breakable it is malleable it is despisable it is slithery it is disgusting it is nothing to write home about when you look at a worm if you but it doesn't have a bone it doesn't have a structure how many of you have killed a worm before you know if you kill a cockroach you see the cockroach that you killed am i right if you kill a a a, a, cent, a centipede or a millipede you see it am i right but if you kill a worm you have you've erased it from its from existence am i right if you kill a worm you you find out that what you just see is liquid in that place that the worm was that's how god was saying he said you are a worm they don't you don't even have matter you don't even have structure they don't even recognize nobody is seeing there is no grace that anybody has recognized in your life they are looking at you and they are saying how can you amount to anything if we blow you you even have carcass are you getting what i'm saying if they if they kill a cockroach at least you come to see that there was a cockroach that was killed there but a worm is nothing nothing he said that worm jacob don't worry verse 15 what will i do he said for i will i said help me now can you be with us try please i will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth how can a worm be made into a threshing instrument with teeth it's almost impossible but that's what god is specializing to do in your destiny this morning over these next three days look at a worm he said i will Thresh mountains, a worm, a worm, and then I will beat them small, and I shall make the heel as chaff. Can we sing that song again? Lord, make me instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let your that prayer in one minute i don't care if your family is the smallest in your tribe and your tribe is the smallest in your village and your village is the smallest in your local government and you were born and raised in a village for many years your destiny was just going to be someone who will go to school and come back to the village and look for a job and then your existence will come to an end the lord is saying this morning that he can make an instrument out of you he can make a threshing instrument out of you and he will use you to beat down mountains as job to reduce hills to nothing you that were one time declared to be nothing you that were one time had no form you at one time had no reputation the lord is saying he can use you 
only if you will surrender. Only if you will provide yourself to be made. Only if, if you will submit yourself and surrender to his dealings and to his will and to his purposes that he wants to fashion in you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Can you have your seats this morning? God bless you. I noticed that there are people here who are not a um, one not an everyday member with us here in Chapel of Praise. You know, can we just recognize you where you are seated? Can you just wave to Jesus? You are not an everyday member with Chapel of Praise. You have a church that you worship. Are they just three? Three. Can you just keep your hands raised? Sorry. Four. Can we know you, please? All right. Is that, are there just four people? I'm believing there are more than that. Meanwhile, there is a special attendance for you. Um, Bro God's will. Bro God's will. All right, please, there is a special attendance for you. Yeah, the attendance. Um, please, can you just raise that hand again so he can identify you? You are not from Chapel of Praise. You are from other denominations. And then you are here with us. So please identify them and just give it to them so they can drop their details. Please, for the sake of order, I apologize again. Yeah, If you have not been given, please just raise your hand so the attendance can pass to you. And then you put it down. Lord bless you. We welcome you gladly. And everyone here at Chapel of Praise, um, we welcome you as well. Pray that in the next three days, it will be the most powerful, life-changing, destiny-transforming three days of your life. If that is your prayer, can you say an amen? amen. Can you say an amen? amen? This will be similar to the day Moses encountered God in the burning bush. These three days will be for you similar to the day Abraham heard the voice of God for the first time. This day will be similar to the day David was called and was anointed before his brethren. This day will be similar to the day John the Baptist was in the wilderness and he encountered the Christ. This day for you will be similar to the day Elisha was threshing in the farm and the mantle of Elijah fell for him. For you, these three days, it will be a destiny defining three days for you. Can you say loud amen to that? Alright, so the theme as you are aware is Christ's last day's army, Second Timothy 2 verse 1 to 6, and then Joel 2 verse 1 to 11. And what I'm about to do this morning is to unveil the vision of the retreat, is to unveil the theme to you, and then so as to guide your dealings in this place, so as to guide your dealings, so as to make you know how to position yourself to receive that which the Lord has ordained for you. Can we go to Joel 2, verse 1 to 11? And then, meanwhile, let's start with 2 Timothy 2, 1 to 6. And then we go to Joel 2, 1 to 11. And then the Lord will help us. We'll spread our wings and establish the bearings. And then when I establish the bearings in this session, every other teaching that will come will be able to soar. Are you with me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Meanwhile, I use this to admonish you. If you know a chapelite who is not here this morning, as you are going home, go to somebody's house. Tell the person, if you knew what you are missing, you will be there before 4 p.m. in the evening session. Please, reach out to them in love. Let them not be bigger than being made by God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go to their house. Tell them, if you know what is happening, if you know what you are missing, you'll be here before resumption of every session. 2 Timothy 2, 1 to 6. Thou therefore, my son. This is Paul's admonishment to Timothy, but we are receiving it in these days as one of God's sons and daughters. So, thou therefore, my son, be strong that in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses the same, commit thou to faithful men. Who shall be able to teach others also? Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. Verse 6. The husbandman that laboreth must be the first partaker of the fruits. Take me to Joel chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. Are we there? All right. I'll read here. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord cometh for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and of gloominess. A day of clouds and of thick darkness as the morning spread upon the mountains. A great people and they strong. There had not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devoured before them and behind them a flame burneth and the land is as the garden of Eden before them and behind them a desolate wilderness year and nothing shall escape them the appearance of them is as the appearance of horses and as horsemen so shall they run like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble as a strong people sit in battle array before their face, the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. They shall march everyone on his ways. And they shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk everyone in his path. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb upon the houses they shall enter in at the windows like a thief the earth shall quake before them the heavens shall tremble the sun and the moon shall be dark and the stars shall withdraw their shining and the lord shall utter his voice before his army for his camp is very great for he is strong that executed his worth his word for the day of the lord is great and very terrible and who can abide it Meanwhile, everyone who 
is not a part of this first session will struggle a lot to be able to soar with us in subsequent sessions because it is in this first session that has begun already that you are able to ignore the bearings by which we are soaring and journeying. When you will come, you will try to participate in what is going on, but you will lack the altitude that everyone who was here from the beginning will fly from. Because what we are doing is that we are taking on a journey that has a destination. And therefore, it is at this beginning that the bearings are, the coordinates are established. And it is by this coordinate that every other teaching that will come, you will receive it in good faith, knowing that it is essential for the destination we are going to. But everyone who will come in later to meet us, when we have probably, our destination is Abuja, for example, and we have arrived at Bini, he is now joining us. When he will see us travel for six hours from Bini, eh, without taking a break to eat, he will question our 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 he will question our journey because a natural man would expect that we would pause at a point he will question our journey but because he was not at our at the beginning when we gathered at the gate and we were told that we have a destination and we also have a timeline and the nature of the timeline has also caused us to move at a certain speed and a frequency it has the timeline and the nature of the destination we are going to has chosen for us a destiny has chosen for us a nature of the journey has chosen for us breaks whether we will take breaks or not it has chosen for us a vehicle it has even chosen for us a speed and a frequency when he will come and meet us floating at 120 miles per hour around Bini expressway he will question that are these people not afraid for their lives and he will jump out or probably he will stay inside the vehicle and will close up his heart to the things that are going on you know why because it was not at the beginning where he understood the necessity of what we are even doing at all so what i'm trying to say is this if you will profit from the remainder of the sessions in this retreat pay attention to this moment in second timothy chapter 2 we see when paul is telling timothy he said you are a born again believer you are my son in the faith but what you didn't know was that you have been chosen you have been chosen among the callings that is upon your life as a believer it's not just a call to be a unit member it's not just a call to serve in a unit it's not just a call to be a prayer band director it's not just a call to make as it were the, the representatives of all students upon campus it's a call to be a soldier one of the calls you received when you came out to say lord jesus i decree that i receive and i believe and, uh, what the end inside that thing that they gave you to quote and you repeated after them inside the, the uh, maybe your own was in that you, you encountered christ in the coffers of your room inside that re, that receipt inside that receipt of christ was a calling into an army you didn't know that is why you were not aware that whenever you quote ephesians 6 ephesians 6 18 ephesians 6 beginning from verse 10 and second corinthians 10 beginning from verse 3 that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal when you read that scripture you read it and you preached it but you didn't hear and they said the weapons of our warfare it means that we are in warfare and the subject of that discussion is describing the nature of our weapons. It's not mentioning the fact that we are in warfare because Paul expected us to know originally that you are in warfare. So he didn't bring an announcement that you are in warfare. 
He brought an announcement to the nature of the weapons that are involved in the warfare. But you have been quoting that scripture and preaching with it. You didn't even stop to say, this scripture is saying the weapons of our warfare. And so when in Ephesians 6 verse 12, we are told that we wrestle not against principles, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, wickedness in high places. You didn't pause to realize that you are actually wrestling. You know, Paul never at any time sat down to evaluate and capture, as it were, a, a, an epistle. Telling them that you are in warfare. Every natural believer understood that among his calling as a believer was a calling to war. So Paul didn't even have to waste time to start introducing the concept of warfare to the believers of those days. The only thing Paul would take time to do would be to demystify the nature of the war, the nature of the opponent, and the nature of the weapons. Because everyone who came into Christ and church in those days understood and recognized that what we are coming to do is to represent a, a commandant general in heaven. And we are here as generals in our respective field and spheres, extending this battle, taking this battle to the gate, ensuring that the purposes of our master are fulfilled in every land, in every sphere, in every place and circle that we are opportune to find ourselves pay time. It was a natural knowledge. And that is why when Paul will allow in a city like Thessalonica, he will take, gather all of them inside the room and do what and train them. You will not find Paul looking for a place to do miracles. The Bible said, and then he was preaching and teaching, and then they brought unto them handkerchiefs and aprons from the body of Paul. To Paul, it was not his responsibility to do miracles. To Paul, his responsibility was to make sure that if I am in Ephesus for two years, I am raising soldiers so that when I leave, the church will continue. Because it is only when soldiers are present in a community that we can be sure of the foundation being established. That is how Paul moved in those days. And that is where we are starting our discourse from. That in 2 Timothy 2, 1-6, in case you are a fine girl, in case you are a fine guy, you are this humble guy, you don't like stress, you wear your fine slides and then you do your fine native and you come into touch. Inside your calling to come into touch is a calling to warfare. It means therefore whether you active, act, participate actively or not, you are inside warfare. And areas of your life will suffer as a consequence until you realize that the calling was part of it was a calling to warfare. You will be the one using your hand to fight the devil and instrument through which to fight his church except you realize that you are actually in warfare and so Jesus at one time he will be eating with the disciples he said I retain a consciousness of warfare one of you will betray me so in 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 to 6 he mentioned that thou Timothy my son endure hardness as a good soldier and that no man that worried entangled himself with these things. That he might be a good soldier to him who has chosen you. So you realize that you have been choosing a soldier. The challenge was just that you didn't realize it. So that's what Paul was bringing the announcement to Timothy. He wasn't even telling him that you are choosing. He was telling him that better be behaving because what you don't know is that you are a soldier. The situation of so many believers today is such as this. Picture this with me. There's a war going on right now. 
between Russia and Ukraine. Am I right? Picture this with me. The picture of so many believers right now is that they are dressed up, kitted, fully kitted, with terrible weaponries, AK-47, example, praying in tongues. They are terribly kitted with RPGs, eh? example, revelation of the word of God. They are fully kitted with, you know, long missile, you know, long missile. There is one Satan, uh, Russia calls Satan. Am I right? Satan 2. Very terrible nuclear weapons hung around our neck called our fellowship with the spirit. Very terrible, in, invisible, you know, um, in, in, invisible nuclear bombs called partnership and intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And we are carrying all of those things. And then we got to the war front. That's when we started looking for a bestie. When I started looking for who will be our best friend. We got into a war front. That's when we now started looking for how to be the most trendy girl on, on Instagram. We now got to the war front. That's when we now started looking for how to be dressing so much that when you enter church, everyone is looking at you. At the war front. At the war front. But fully kitted is such that when we appear, the kingdom of darkness quakes until they discover that this man does not even know what is going on in his life. Why, why were we running? Because the, the weapons that you carry cannot threaten the kingdom of darkness until they are put to use. And so the kingdom of darkness will at the same time, they will not try to strip you of those weapons. They will corrupt your operating system so that you will now use those weapons by yourself and fight, turn around and fight the very same people that you were ought to defend. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. That is our situation. And so we are representing the Ukrainians. We are defending the borders of our territory against the onslaught of the Russian army. And then we are fully kitted. We have the backing of a great commander up there. And then when we got to the front of the war, we now discovered that we had entangled ourselves with the affairs of life as if we are a civilian, as if we are sitting in our parlor with a wife and children. And so when the Russians come, you, the Russians of this physical world, they will kill that Ukrainian soldier. But the Russians of this kingdom that we dwell in called the kingdom of darkness, they recognize that if they kill you or they take you out of church, one of the things that will happen is that it's only you that they will win. So they will corrupt your operating system. They will corrupt your operating software. And so they will mutilate your spirit man as it were. You were there in that Bible study and they talked about the salvation of the body. So they will bind your spirit. When there is no strong man there, because you are entangled around the affairs of life, they will enter into your spirit man and gain preeminence. And now use those same weapons. You will stand at the borderline of defending Ukraine, but you will turn around and start firing into Ukraine. Because they know that if they sustain you inside there, they will be able to have 300 other people to themselves. But if they kill you, they will only have one. And so in Joel chapter 2, we now start seeing the nature of that army because if Paul has sufficiently helped us to understand that even as believers another title that we bear is soldiers and this is not the title that we have a choice by coming into Christianity we have chosen by accepting Christ the world chose you you didn't hear what I said by accepting Christ you eh, the world did what choose you it's like a man who carries himself to enlist in the Ukrainian army right now. What happens? 
you are choosing the war. The war is choosing you. And so, when Paul has sufficiently made us to understand that as believers, what we don't realize is that we are an army. We ought to be. And so, that too now begins to show us the characteristics of that army. So that you will know anyone here who is interested in being enlisted, you will know what you ought to look like. And so in Joel chapter 2 verse 1, he said, blow a trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord cometh, and it is nigh at hand. Another translation said it is already almost here. And so he said, blow an alarm. Make these people realize that the day of the Lord is coming. And in that day of the Lord is going to be the day of victory for the armies of God. However, let there be an awareness. Cause there to be an awareness. Let believers recognize that amongst other things, the Lord has called you to sustain a position of an army wherever you find yourself. And it will now say, that great day, give us verse 2, a day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness. You see, when, when, when prophet Joel was bringing this heralding from God, blow an alarm, blow an alarm, because you will realize that this thing, what we are talking about, is a persistent cry in the heart of the Father at the present moment. A believer who is not tuned in to the territory from which he ought to represent. In other words, an ambassador from the US to Nigeria does not operate by news coming in from Nigeria. Am I right? Oh guys, are you with me this morning? He operates by news coming in from where? From where? I, I can't hear you. From where? From the US. From his host country. And therefore it means then that even when there is hardship, fear, scarcity, there is prevailing dangerous situations in the Nigeria. The American ambassador, if you go to his house right now, is he experiencing anything like that? No, because his welfare is handled by his host countries. As a believer, if we are consistent with tuning into the host where we ought to represent, you'll be able to pick up signals and news in the, in the spirit right now that that great day of the Lord is what? Is near. Is near. Is near. And that is why we are seeing the signs that we see currently in life. That great day of the Lord is near. And so he's saying, blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm. Sound an alarm. Make people realize that the things that are happening all around us, the oppression, the scarcity, the hardship, eh? the insurgency, the militancy, the destruction of human life. Human life is worth nothing currently. You can go on Instagram and anywhere you freely see people cutting heads of people and using it to pass a message. 
kidnapping people are just to make a point killing people just to make sure they are heard all of these things are signs and if you are an accurate believer in the realm of the spirit you recognize that the day of the Lord is near by the day of the Lord like mama mentioned we are not just talking about rapture we are talking about when God will arise and take victory over for his sins and vengeance over the enemies it will happen before our very eyes that day is near and the those that will herald this victorious day of the Lord are the army that he has upon the earth's best and so two people while by the grace of God putting together the instruments for this meeting I will always communicate with God's servant and I will just tell him this is what is brewing in my spirit I can show you chat here he will just scream and say oh man of God it is the same thing everywhere he is far away in the middle 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 belt right now but the sound is the same the sound is the same and one of the people that will be ministering to us here and I sent the guide of what the vision and what everything the spirit of God is speaking to him and he said oh sir do you know that the spirit is one for this is the emphasis that God has been dealing with him personally so he said blow an alarm because we don't want anyone to be left out of this current move of the spirit that is about to herald the day of the Lord that there is victory coming and that victory will be surcharged it will be limited in a jurisdiction and in a territory that there is no army to, to pull it down. It will be limited. The wicked will still end rule. Atrocities will still be rising. What you call bestiality, what you are calling same-sex nonsense, what you are calling homosexuality, what you are calling gay all around you is just waiting for judgment to be enacted by the army of the Lord. There will never be victory upon these vices because those vices are sponsored by an army. And so until an army arises, this day of the Lord will be limited to territories where there is an army arising to pull down and to sustain that victory. And so he said, blow an alarm. That alarm is meant to awaken. It's a shout of awakening. Because, oh, you know that there is something called signs, miracles, and wonders. Am I right? You know that. Now, I said something I want to bring. I want to bring perspective to that. I said all of the things happening right now around us in the country are signs. Most times, when you get angry at the corruption of the political space, you don't know that that is creature groaning for manifestation. That is just evidence of the lack of a political army of Christ. You didn't hear what I said. I made a point and I said in any territory where this army is lacking, this evil will be extended. And so when next you see a political nonsense happening, keep quiet if you don't have anything to say. If you had arisen as, as, as an army, maybe God would have sent you to that sphere. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you see addictions prevalent, it is a sign. When you see addiction to drugs and all sorts of things, it is a sign. When you see all sorts of perverseness around you, it is a sign. A miracle is a supernatural act of God that interrupts or, as it were, imposes, superimposes upon nature. 
That's a miracle. In miracles, God suspends human ability and brings to pass a supernatural feat. But a sign is a pointer to a hidden fact. And that's why in the miracles of Jesus, some were called signs. It means, therefore, that even though what Christ did was called a miracle by everybody, but he himself called it a sign. Example is John chapter 2. Ooh, should I show? Let me just show you to make my point. John chapter 2. The Bible says that he may turn water into wine. And they said, this is the beginning of the miracles of Jesus. If you pay attention to the original Greek transcript there, it, that miracle there is interpreted sign. And that was very unique that even though everyone called it a miracle, Christ was bringing a sign of what his ministry will be about. I will not, I will not dwell, I will not touch that. I will not explain it because that's time has gone. Now, so there is a sign. And so when there is a lack of sign interpreters, Jesus will gather us like this and blow an alarm. And blow an alarm. Matthew chapter 16, verse 1 to 3. Matthew 16, 1 to 3. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. Verse 2. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. Verse 3. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, you descend the face of the sky, but you cannot descend the signs of the times. Whenever you see a sign, if the Spirit of God brings you interpretation, He will be telling you about the times. Signs are always pointers to times. When you see certain things prevailing around you, it is a pointer to what God intends to do in a season. It is a pointer. It is about to herald a season. It is about to unveil a time. So Jesus was saying, you are able to tell a season. Oh, that it will be rain. When you observe signs, you are able to predict a time. Just by looking at the sign, he said the sky is red and it is very heavy, and so rain will fall. And then, but you are not able to interpret this sign that the Son of Man is here. Not you are not able to interpret that victory is already closed. The church is about to be established. The traditions of the law and the prophet is about to be fulfilled. And so, likewise, in these days. If a man must have understanding to know what God is always doing in his season, it must be him that is able to interpret signs. That is the advantage the children of Isaac had. The Bible says that they had an understanding of the times. Among those breed of people, they were sons and they were daughters that were able to look upon the signs of the earth and they sustained 
spiritual ability to interpret that this is what God is doing and this is how to participate in it. Number one, this is what God is about to do. Number two, this is how to participate in it. So because the children of Isaac had the ability among themselves to plug into these spiritual signals and obtain a spiritual language and bring spiritual interpretation to ordinary things that people will see around them. The Bible says their brethren when what? When they are command. Naturally, they came under authority even though the Levites were in place. The priests would be in the synagogue but the children of Isaac were in authority. When they are about to do anything, they will come to them and say, this is what we are about to do. What do you see? And what do you say? In these days, we need to discern and realize that in the last days, perilous times shall come. If you read Matthew 24, you will see that more than one time when the Bible is talking about the last days, it will emphasize that be not deceived because the greatest tool of the enemy in the last days will be the tool of deception what did i say it will be what he was speaking is it in verse 12 and he said if the lord does not shorten these days even the very elect will be deceived and so in this time and season two things are essential number one we are in a revival and it is obvious we are in a revival that God is about to bring a revelation of his glory upon the campus God is about to bring a revelation of his glory upon the church like never before when you read the characteristics of this army you will know that the supernatural is about to become a natural occurrence every day in a man's life when you read about the characteristics of this army, you realize that it will be said again that the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. If you read about this army, you realize therefore that God is about to release a grace upon his church that nothing can withstand it. I know he said in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In these days, he's about to reveal such a power and a dimension of glory in his church that even the gates of hell will not survive it. That whatever has made that scripture look like it is not possible in these days, God is about to unveil and herald such a revival that even the gates of hell will run into the church and look for salvation. And so, the signs I am bringing you interpretation. Number one, so that you will know. And number two, so that you will participate. So if you follow the interpretation of the signs, you recognize that we are in a revival. I know that things are hard. But at the same time, the economy has made Christians out of this nation more than messages. <laughs> you are not getting what I'm saying. How many times has your mother called Jesus in the house since Buhari became president? You, you didn't get my point. Are you getting what I'm saying? Even he that didn't know Jesus before now needs Jesus. Even a beer parlor, someone will be drinking and say, Jesus, do and come. Because you will buy something last week in the market. If you go back next week, it's a different price. 
So even the trader that is selling is looking for help from God. The confidences of men are broken in these days. Expertise doesn't make sense again. That you are making one million, it doesn't mean you will survive till tomorrow again. Everyone now recognizes the need for a supernatural hand. And you are just thinking that is a man that is doing it. God is humbling the nation. God is humbling the nation. If you are a believer that has worked with God, you will, you will not even know how you are surviving this semester. Because the money your parents are sending to you cannot quantify the expenses that you have. Do I have a witness in the house? God is showing you that they that had confidence in the economic system of this world are them that will weep. But then that depend on him and them that are having supernatural supply. We are in a revival. I know to you, you are crying that things are hard. You don't know that God is about to set you up on high. God is about to make your cosmate come to you and say, you, your father does not have a jeep. You don't look like the son of a politician, but you are eating very well. What is your secret? They are about to come to you to say, in this economy, in this economy, you are chewing egg roll with full egg and you will tell them that upon this campus that Christ is reigning somewhere and it is called chapel of praise we are in a revival and anyone who had trusted in economic ability maybe your business used to prosper you used to make 10 million the devil, you even make 20 million but suddenly things you used to do with 10 million 20 million won't do it again that's when you hear everyone before they do anything now they call on God oh I saw a babalawo that they went for consultation he said before we consult kneel down let's pray because even now we are no business is not moving again everybody needs the hand of God he said kneel down he raised the worship song and the person that came to look for he said sir what is happening he said you're not in the work now oh, now God they help everybody so we are in a revival even them who had so much confidence in their ability to study and to pass if you look at the way things are going their testimonies they are they are they are weakened from trusting in their abilities even those who used to pay school fees from first week of resumption eh? at least you you know that it's god's grace that used to supply for you and you are used to trusting on god's grace watch out as resume even they to say my father is this my mother is this they will join you oh you will not pay in the last week again but they will you realize that they will be among those complaining that portal is about to close and we have not paid fees the signs to you are signs of hardship but the interpretation is that we are in a revival so nowadays before you travel you kneel down and you seek god irrespective of your orderly or your security detail because they will kidnap you even your ADC will run 440 so even the security man that is meant to protect you will also kneel down and seek the face of the God of Jacob the insurgency the difficulty the militancy the attacks on human life now everybody knows who the, that there is only who is keeping everybody alive and that's what the bible says in the last days the knowledge of the glory of the lord will cover the earth like the waters covers the sea the man seated there that everybody is calling is fulfilling divine mandate 
if you know a bit about that man's health history, you know that he couldn't have even lasted one year. There is a supernatural hand keeping him there. Because this nation must be humbled. They have trusted so much in their economic oil ability. Currently, right now, nobody even wants the crude oil again. If you bring crude oil, there was oh, there was a time it was ending of last year. The crude oil was so much that they didn't have people to buy again. Is someone hearing what I'm saying? That if you lack a consciousness that we are in a revival and you are still looking for what to trust in and who to trust in, just know that you have chosen your lot. You have chosen your lot. You have maybe you are through with school and somebody had promised you a job. Better advise the person to look for food to eat first. Tell the person to just look for food to eat first before you promise me job. Because you are about to be disappointed like never before. If you remove your confidence from God and put it in a man. Maybe you know how to maybe make sandals. And as you are now, you are already envisioning that this break, I'll make 40 sandals. Whatever program they want to have, they can have their program. I beg. I need to go and make hustle, hustle for next semester. I need to hustle 40 sandals. You will end up dashing people as seed. Because even the people that said, I want to buy three from you, when you come, they will say, Yesterday I'm not eating. This morning I sipped Gary with granite. Now, pursue a job, they wear sandals. No, I know you are a graphic designer and there are jobs that you used to do towards this season. And so, you have become too scarce for the church to serve. And so, you want to go into where you can have time to do your business and make your money. I am encouraging you to go, please. Because we need such testimonies to prove that God is alive. In these days and times, even your skills eh, will not grant you survival. I know in your CV you used to put able to work under pressure. I hope you know now they've removed they've removed that one. Because a, a maker was shouting one day. The yoga came out and said, but you said you're able to work under pressure. You're able to multitask. And then number two, what are the signs of the season? We are in a treacherous time. Number one is that we are in a revival and the house of God the glory of the Lord is about to be revealed. Number two is that we are in treacherous times. And so, darkness is threatening to invade the kingdom. Darkness is now almost at the gates of the house of the Lord attempting to overtake and to overtake and to snuff out life from the proceedings in services all across the land. It appears that while the kingdom of darkness is very intentional, the kingdom of God are taking its business as usual. So I want you to be aware right now that we are in a treacherous time. And therefore, what God is doing in this season is not just that people will go to church and sing and dance and put offering and come back. In these days and times, God is raising a functionary. God is making the church right now like a training school so that when you come, he will raise kingdom functionaries and will now embellish inside them a special ability in order to stand and defend the integrity of the kingdom of God. There is now an urgency this thing I'm telling you now is an urgent demand in the heart of the Father because He's looking for men and women in order to use to advance the purposes of God in these days.
That is the special reason we see Joel 2. We see these men are made in the form of God. Because God is just looking for a man or a woman that he will release and empty himself into him. And then send him to represent him upon a campus as it were. In a department, in a faculty. And what will happen is that he's standing as a functionary. And as a functionary is performing specific functions. It is no more about the fact that I am a title holder. Maybe I'm the leader of the, maybe a prayer band. And maybe I'm the leader of the evangelism. No, what God is doing now is urgently looking for a son and a daughter in order to have interactions with. And when he's able to have interactions with you and sees that your heart is aligned concerning his church and upon your heart, what is concerning him and his church is what is concerning you. He will hold your hand and establish you as a functionary in a particular sphere. And when he does that, he will now release himself in your inside for you to perform purposes that he has brought you to. That is when, he, to you, you are, uh, to, to one person, he's coming to chapel of praise. But to another person, he's coming so that God will use him to fulfill the vision, the mission, and the goal upon campus. That is when God will see a man whose heart is aligned according to why he established chapel in the first place. He will not look for anybody like that. Is there any functionary like that? Is there anyone whose heart is bubbling so much that God would be able to establish his purposes upon this campus according to the reason that he established his church? When he sees such a man and a woman, there is an urgency that God will move with him. God will move with him. In, in verse 11, Joel chapter 2, he said, For the Lord is with them. The Lord is what? He's with them. He's with them. He will now allow them to sustain supernatural abilities. They will be able to mount, walk on walls. They will, they, he said, Before them, the land is the garden of Eden, but behind them is a desolate darkness. He said, Upon the land, gloominess and what? Give me verse 2 verse 2. He said, and then upon the land a day of darkness and of gloominess. A day of clouds and of thick darkness. This is what will be happening to everybody. But in the midst of this day, listen. This darkness and gloominess is subtle. Is subtle. The Lord's intention is that when the earth is experiencing darkness and gloominess, hardship, eating is difficult. School fees is difficult. The Bible says, As the morning began to spread upon the mountain, suddenly a great people and a strong they had not been ever the like, neither shall be anymore after it. Even to the years of many generations, they will begin to unfold because in the days of darkness and gloominess God was doing something in the secret there were hidden men and women that were not in the open they could not see them darkness had covered everywhere but they had allowed themselves to be walked upon to be walked upon before we be used to walk for God they had provided them, themselves unto God as an instrument as a yielded vessel without a will without a desire only desire is to obey the command of a commanding master and do you know what happened he will look at, in those days of darkness and of gloominess it will be their training season when the world is looking where shall a savior come from where will we go from here everything is in darkness and in gloominess that's why the bible says in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 he said arise shine for thy light is come and the glory of the lord has risen upon you this thing will happen in verse 2 he said for darkness covered the earth and gross darkness the people 
darkness upon the earth, but upon people is cross darkness. He said, but upon you shall the light of the Lord and his glory in the midst of that darkness upon the people. He said, the Lord will arise upon thee and his glory will be seen. If you go to 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6, he said, for it had pleased the Lord to command light out of darkness. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, he said, and then the earth was without form and void. And then the spirit of the Lord brood. And he said, let there be. All of these things are similar. He, what, what is happening here is that in the midst of darkness, he will not impose light. He will produce light. You are not disadvantaged to be in chapel at this time. You are not disadvantaged to be serving in the house of God at this time. You are not disadvantaged to be in a choir university at this time. All of these things are so that the light of God eh, will, when the Lord will look in the midst of the darkness, he will be able to see men who are humble, who are asking the Lord to be made. All I want is to be a vessel unto your use, prepared unto every good work, fit for the master's use. In the midst of those darkness, you'll be tracing for those sets of people. And then go back to Joel chapter 2 verse 2. And he said, when the darkness, when the morning light begins to unveil itself small, behold, a great army is marching out of the church of God. And they are carrying the purposes of God upon their shoulder. And their intention is to make the delight of the Father to be excited. He said, and then everyone will look and see a great people and the strong. The Lord will do it in such a way that when he's done with producing that generation, there will never be another generation like them again. They will never. Out of darkness, the Lord has commanded light. Out of the midst of perversion on campus, the Lord will raise a pure bread. Out of the midst of addictions of various kinds, the Lord will raise a pure bread. Out of the midst of bestiality and homosexuality, the Lord will raise a remnant. Out of the midst of a corrupt generation, the Lord will raise a remnant and will glorify them. He will put his glory upon them. And what will happen is that in every area of their life, they will stand strong as God. If you study on, you realize that even though the wickedness is so prevalent, God is simply walking undercover. Undercover. Something is about to happen. The church is about to be manifested in its full glory. And it will be men and women who will stand in their positions. Verse 3, he said, a fire devoured before them. And behind them, a flame burneth. The land is as the garden of Eden before them. And behind them, a desolate wilderness. Nothing shall escape them. When they enter into a place, and then whatever obtained in that territory as a manifestation of darkness, the glory of the Lord they carry will consume it. The fire of the Lord is not something they scream, Holy Ghost fire. By nature, what God has produced out of them, their nature is fire. By passing through a place, iniquity is abandoned. By passing through a place, sin is abhorred. By being in a community, in a class like this, everyone at the same time is convicted and worried. And when they walk into a hostel and iniquity is performed, people that are smoking will run and hide their cigarettes. People that were holding girls and boys as boyfriend and girlfriends, they will decide to immediately separate at the point that he comes. That's what it means. He said, before them it shall be a, a, a garden of Eden. But after they are passed, it will be a desolate wilderness. What people are accepting as what is trending, what people are accepting as what is enticing, as what is exciting, in their appearance, sin will lose taste. Sin will lose desire. Sin will lose attraction. 
attractiveness. When they leave, a place will be like a desolate wilderness because nobody will be able to provide themselves as vessels for God to walk, to, for Satan to walk through again. The Bible says the appearance of them is as the appearance of horses. If you know a horse, a horse is prepared for the day of battle. He said the appearance will be as the appearance of horses. Horses are strong. Horses are not weaklings. That's what the Bible says in Zechariah chapter 8 verse 12. He said the feeble one among them shall be as strong as David. They will be men of supernatural strength. Bearing the purposes of God and even their body cannot be broken. They are men with supernatural strength to balance their academics and balance their spirituality. They are men of supernatural ability to be prevalent on the prayer altar and still be excellent in their calling in life and destiny. They are horses. The Bible says like horsemen, they run. If you go to Isaiah chapter, is it 40, beginning from verse 27, he said, but they that wait, he said, he said, they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew that strength. They shall mount up with wings, with wings as eagles, they shall fly. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He said, he started by saying, he said, I looked around and I was searching and I saw the young men weary and they, and they, the people that are supposed to be there of strength, I saw them and they were fainting. He said, but the most high is will it not and is never weak but they that will humble themselves and wait upon the Lord in the day of darkness and gloominess he said he will renew their strength they will fly some will run and others will walk no matter what they will be able to accomplish the purposes of God like horsemen they will run they might be horses but first of all horses are always broken so they will be broken. I hope you know. The reason why a stallion is never used for warfare or for sport is because a stallion is more beautiful than a horse. How many of you know a stallion? It's more beautiful than a horse with a very fine hair at the back like this. But it can never be used for any purpose, whether for a, a sport or for battle. You know why? Because a stallion can never be broken. Another name for a stallion is a wild horse. You can't break it. But you know a horse. A horse will be brought and tamed. It will be beaten and broken such that it does not have the will of its own. Such that when the beat is put in his mouth, whoever is holding the beat will be able to control it and it will surrender its strength. Yes, it has strength. Yes, it has skills. Yet it has qualifications. But he will surrender all of it to the mercy of the commander of this army. And the commander of this army will be able to turn him. When you hear the Bible say the appearance are the appearance of horses, he's not just saying something that you will carry your shoulder. He's saying something that you will buckle down. And at any time, the Lord wants to have you use you for his purposes. He will be able to control the beat in your mouth. I wanted to mention four things. That's two. The third one, he said that like the noise of chariots on the top of the mountains, they will leap. Like the noise of a flame of fire that devoured the stubble. As a strong people set in battle array. These are people that don't make noise, but they make news. They don't make noise, they make news. They don't make noise, they make moves. They know what to do and they do it, and then people are talking about them. If you see fire want to consume stubble, it doesn't make noise. It just before you know it, it has consumed everything in the place. They don't make noise, they make news. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were together in all accord, in verse 2, and there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and then the Holy Ghost descended and filled the whole house wherein they were seated. When the Holy Ghost is about to descend upon a man, there is a sound that he will first of all make. That is the same sound this army will make. And that sound is not the sound of praying in tongues as loud. Yes, praying in tongues loud is very okay. But no, that is not where the power lies. 
that sound will not be the sound of eloquence in speech. Eloquence in speech is good, but that's not where the power lies. If these people, they will not make noise. They will be making news silently. They will be making moves and moves will be making news. There are some that will just come together and they say we are going to evangelism in this department. They won't make noise and announce it everywhere. Ah, last week I was on evangelism. No, they will just come together. They say, ah, we must, let's go to evangelism in this department. And they will gather there, preach the gospel, souls will be saved. Gathered into the church. Nobody will hear. The next Sunday, we will just see church food to the brim. You don't know that there are some people inside who are taking it upon themselves to make moves. They will not be people who are announcing about the, that they pray six hours every night. There are people that will enter into a covenant with God. That as long as I'm in Aquaibom State University, at least one hour every night, I will bow my head and intercede over the church. You will suddenly realize that things are moving very freely in church. A prayer band can even be carrying shoulder moving around. But these men are not men who make noise. They make news. And the news they make is in heaven. When they move around, they look small, they look humble. But heaven to God will be telling them, like he told he said to Satan, He said, Have you beheld my servant Victor? Have you beheld my servant Emeka? Have you beheld my servant? When God is not the one bragging about you, not you bragging about what you have done. Number four, quickly. Kamana Skopra, verse 11. Verse 11. They are men. He said, The Lord shall utter his voice before his army. They are them who are able to hear the voice of the Lord in season. They are spiritual men and they are spiritual women. They are able to hear the speakings of the Lord per season. They are not moved by what they are seeing. They are moved by instructions from heaven. They obtain their matching orders from the throne room of their commanding master. He said, for he is great. His camp is very great and strong. It is God that is to execute his word. It is not you. And so, at every single point in time, your posture is a posture of that, him, that which wants to hear the word of God. What is God saying in this season? When you come to church, you are not just copying notes that the preacher is preaching. You are listening to hear what God is saying to his church. When Jesus was speaking in Matthew, at one time, he said, let him that had ears, let him hear what I am saying. And in Revelation, when Jesus was speaking this time around to the seven churches, he said, let him that had an ear, let him that hath an ear. The difference between the two at the first time, because Jesus was physically on the earth, he said, Let him that hath ears, physical ears. In other words, anyone that is around the jurisdiction, this audience, anyone that is around me now that is hearing what I'm saying, you better pay attention. But when he went to Revelation, by that time he has ascended up on high. He can only communicate to you via a spiritual ear. And so he said, let him that had an ear. The physical ear might be two, but in the spiritual one is an ear. Let him hear what the Lord is saying. You can't go into battle if you have not received a commandment. Because if you go without a commandment, he will not execute his word. He only executes his word that he has given. These are men and women that when the Lord speaks to them, they move. If on Sunday, what was preached was holiness, they move. And they put holiness to work. If what was preached was soul winning, they move. And they put soul winning to work. They hear his word. Any army without a commanding officer will end in destruction. Any army that does not listen to the commanding officer will end up fighting themselves. They have God that they are hearing. And because they have God 
that they are paying attention to. They also pay attention to his servant, the one whom is representing him to all of them. So when his servant says, this is what we are doing, all opinions cease, all wisdom cease, all intellect cease, all skills cease. It is not this how we used to do it. It is this is what the Lord is saying through his servant. And everyone bow and we run with it. This is the vision for the month. We run with it. This is the vision for the year. We run with it. This is the commandment in Bible study. We run with it. They are they that have the voice of the Lord. Can you rise up on your feet in this moment? Are you part of that army? Are you there? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you a part? That was what this old retreat is about. This old retreat, that's what it's about. How to mention the specifics of this army. And to talk about the uniqueness of this army. You have one minute to bow your head where you are standing and begin to talk to God. Oh God, I have heard your word. He said, let him the heart and ear. Let him hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. Bow your heads and pray prayer. I will not give you any prayer points. I made a decision that throughout all these teachings, I will not give you any prayer points. It is you that will pray from what you have heard. What have you heard? Brother and sister, what have you heard? What have you heard? Can you raise that voice? Can you raise that voice? I'm not comfortable with the way you are praying. Kopanda Sinatar. Elekepanda Brendemenetosaba. Louder, 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 louder. Louder, louder. Where is that army? Where is the army? That's everything that this whole retreat is all.